The concept of a liberal arts education dates back to Greek antiquity, where it was defined by Aristotle as the proper subjects of instruction for free men who aspire not after what is immediately practical or useful, but after intellectual and moral excellence in general. The late professor Andrew West of Princeton University said that in this time, seven bodies of study came to be understood as the liberal arts. They were separated into a lower and higher tier that were studied in that order. The lower tier, which would later be defined during medieval times as the trivium, consisted of grammar, logic, and rhetoric. The higher tier, which would later be called the quadrivium, was made up of arithmetic, pure number, geometry, which is number in space, music, number in time, and astronomy, number in time and space. Galileo Galilei himself said mathematics is the language in which God has written the universe. Interestingly, not all the subjects of the quadrivium have remained in our modern definition of a liberal arts education. Some split our modern education into the humanities, like language, fine art, and philosophy, social sciences, like history, anthropology, education, and political science, and the quote-unquote hard sciences, like biology, physics, and mathematics. Obviously, over time, the reasons for education, as well as the work available to an educated person, have changed drastically, and with it, our priorities have shifted. Music and astronomy are not revered as essential pillars of an educated mind like they once were. Music, in particular, is nearly unrecognizable from its analog in Greek antiquity. Today, anecdotes of music and arts programs being cut from primary school curriculums in favor of a more STEM-based focus points to the fact that not everyone thinks of music as an imperative element of a well-rounded education. In my educational career, however, music has been just as valid and just as relevant as my other two STEM majors in computer science and mathematics. My name's Walker DeMell. I'm a senior at Butler University in Indianapolis, triple majoring in piano performance, computer science, and mathematics. Most people don't see any link between those fields of study, but I believe the three may not be as disparate as they seem. This is The Missing Link. So last summer, I interned with the NASA Student Airborne Research Program, or SARP for short. SARP brings together a nationwide coalition of 28 students from a wide range of STEM majors to learn more about airborne science's role at NASA and in climate science in general. Each student takes part in a research flight aboard a NASA flying laboratory and uses the data they collect to conduct research over the course of the summer. Late nights were spent with my fellow researchers poring over graphs and charts in the hopes that we could find some patterns or meaning in all the numbers. And in those late nights, I formed bonds with other student researchers that last to this day. One surprise was that I was far from alone in studying music along with my STEM concentration. As much as one-third of our cohort played and or studied music on a regular basis. Meet Mackenzie Conkling, a senior at Center College in Kentucky. Hi. <laughs> I met Mackenzie during SARP. I was wondering if you could just sort of introduce yourself, uh, what you're majoring in at school and what you're applying to right now slash what your career interests are. Sure. So I'm Mackenzie, obviously. Oh, I go to Center College in Danville, Kentucky, where I'm double majoring in physics and music. Um, as far as after undergrad, I'm looking to go to graduate school for aerospace engineering and or um, astronautics. And then hopefully one day I want to be an astronaut and or a professional bass player. It sounds like sort of a crazy combination, but Mackenzie gets that a lot. 
um, you want to be an astronaut. Do you see music fitting into that in any way? Do you yes. Think- listen to music on your journey up to the ISS or (laughs) so there actually have been like I don't know like the majority of musicians but I know a lot of astronauts that also music has been a big part of their life like one of my favorite astronauts Ronald McNair um who sadly passed away in I think Challenger but he was the first person to play saxophone in space so that was really cool Ronald McNair actually started a new tradition In 2013, astronaut Chris Hadfield of the Canadian Space Agency performed Rocket Man in a viral YouTube video that showed him floating around the ISS with his guitar. A huge part of publicly funded space exploration is a PR game. Just like any other government agency, they have to fight for their tax dollars, and one way they've found to excite the general public is through music. And now with, like, SpaceX uh, being in the news more recently, more people are like, heck yeah, let's go to space. But like that, oh, has been the case. So music is the way, like, to connect those interests in space exploration back to the general public. So has someone played a double bass in space yet? No, it's a pretty so. expensive payload, right? Yeah, I mean, give or take, but <laughs> first. <laughs> but for someone with goals as ambitious as becoming an astronaut, Mackenzie spends a lot of time studying music. I wanted to know if there was some deeper curricular connection between the two. I wanted to ask you if there's any misconceptions you think about um, either your music major or your physics major from people outside of those um, fields. Like what do they think that you do during class time or while you're doing homework and what are you actually doing? Um, Yeah, so there's definitely misconceptions about both. As far as physics, I feel like everyone takes the assumption that it's like super hard math all the time and also just like, yeah, really like complicated out of this world stuff, which sometimes it can be, but most of it's like really just basic, I guess, science concepts in my opinion. So I feel like that's definitely misconstrued. And also like we do like a lot of cool, like when we're not doing the hard math, it's a lot of cool um, like experimental demos. So there's a lot of hands-on stuff which I feel like isn't automatically clear. And then music I feel like is kind of often seen as like this throwaway major that's like easy to do and not going to get you very far which I think is definitely a false perception Um, because especially if you've had any background in theory that's insanely difficult (laughs) and you can reach parts of music like once you've been playing or studying theory for a while that are that's the kind of stuff you would be getting once you're in like really high level physics courses. That similarity was really interesting to me. I asked her to elaborate. When you reach that higher solo repertoire for any instrument the kind of analysis you have to do and like the way you have to break down a piece is very similar to like breaking down a really high level physics problem that's gold okay Um, (laughs) i also wanted to ask you um have you noticed any other crossover you were talking about how uh similar sort of breaking down pieces and breaking down problems um have you noticed any any skills that have benefited you to be a double major in both music and physics Yes, because a big part of physics is problem solving. So like if you have no clue how to approach the problem, like you're not going to get anywhere. So the way I like really start to handle problem solving is like really working over and over like how to do certain things. That way it's kind of ingrained in my brain and you have to do the same thing. Like for me, the base, like you have to go over the finger mechanics or, or in like bow mechanics, really all of it until it's muscle memory. Um, 
So that kind of helps with physics, not that it would be like muscle memory, but the automatic reaction of like, okay, I can approach it like this way or this way. Um, and if you don't have that like habit, I guess, or I don't know what the word is, but like where you automatically react to do that um, for physics as well. Well, like that's been super helpful. Then also, at least from physics, like back to music, I feel like especially like rhythmically, there's clearly like math in there somewhere, both within like theory and the notes, but also in like being able to hit the rhythms right. So I feel like somehow there's a crossover there that's helped me. Could you just go a little bit more into like um, how like a rehearsal setting is similar in that problem solving thing? Like like you you play in an ensemble, right? So mm-hmm. what role does the does the conductor play that might be analogous to a professor in a physics class? Uh, so both like a professor and a conductor is really that guiding force to like get you to that highest level of performance. Especially like within an ensemble, you need like there's a lot more aspects that happen than when you're just performing solo between like blending and working with the other instruments in the room. Um, which doesn't really happen in a physics class or anything, but I guess could happen in a research setting. But um, them being able to like stop and point out like, okay, you need to play a lot softer here or like you're not really blending at all with what's going on, et cetera, um, is very similar to like what can happen in physics where if you're like completely approaching a problem wrong, when like, having the opportunity to go to the board or like be doing computational stuff in physics, they can be like, okay, like you have the right mindset, but you need to approach it this way. And then that's how you get to that next higher level as well. I think my experience has been similar. Some people think of STEM and music as two different sides of the brain, but I don't share that opinion. Beyond the superficial counting to four every measure to stay on the beat, or tuning equations that give us reason behind the consonants we hear in the final cadence of a piece, there are real creative problem-solving skills that are shared across solving a math or physics problem and breaking down a piece, just like Mackenzie said. There are tedious problems, simple calculations or scales, that come down to having a muscle memory reaction. For me, though, the most rewarding pieces and problems are those that I have to sit with, even fight with, for a while, turning them over in my brain until I understand some kind of underlying structure that informs my final performance or solution. I also think there's validity to the comparison of an ensemble and a research team. Although the settings of the two look dissimilar, both situations have an exchange of ideas, and hopefully some kind of consensus. We can use this knowledge that music and STEM aren't really that separate in our idea of a liberal arts education to give us a new perspective on thinking and learning itself. The whole point of liberal arts is that rather than only learning practical skills, a student learns how to learn. They build the skills behind a specific discipline so that when they encounter new problems, they can figure out what needs to be done. I think the knowledge of this has almost given me an advantage. It's given me a love of learning where I don't have to take any one thing too seriously. There's also some interesting data to back this up. According to the American Musical Conference, music majors are the most likely group of college grads to be admitted to medical school. One study showed that 66% of music majors who applied to med school were admitted, the highest percentage of any group. For comparison, only about 44% of biochem majors were admitted. Albert Einstein was once asked what he would be if not a physicist, and he said musician. He was a gifted violinist.
It may not be easily quantified, but there is clearly some kind of connection between music and STEM. Even Mackenzie has plans to return to music after her trip to the International Space Station. You mentioned that you could also be a concert bassist as a career. Um, yes, I will be, but... Oh, oh you will be? <laughs> <laughs> okay, both of them. Because <laughs> I'm thinking, you're not an astronaut for your whole life. You need to have a game plan after that just because, like, like the physical toll and then like they're always recruiting new classes like eventually you're going to retire so then i can put my effort into like actually going through the professional auditions and joining an orchestra that's so cool okay that would be a pretty good um advertisement we have a previous astronaut playing come listen right <laughs> exactly yeah no they've totally done that uh like since the like where all the astronauts work at johnson space center and is in houston um i think houston has done a few link ups with astronauts who are musicians and featured them as like soloists. Wow, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Mackenzie. Um, I, we're all so excited to see where your career takes you. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me, Walker. It's been a blast. That's good. That's good. <laughs> you get it? A blast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I love it. Thanks for listening. This podcast was created with guidance from Dr. Claire Carrasco as part of a Music in Global Context course. Thanks to Mackenzie Conkling for coming on. This has been The Missing Link.